Corinthians chapter 7. No southern jokes. No Yankee jokes. We came down here to meet our future relatives, I think. See how it goes. But That's a reference to my son, not to their daughter. I can't even tell, say anything about Ohio anymore either now, apparently. So. But I will say this, uh, Pastor Peacock preached a message on going up the mountain. And I will say this. If you really want to know what he's talking about, you're going to have to come out west. Go see Brother Dominguez in Colorado. Go see Brother Eric up there in Sandpoint, Idaho. Come out and see us. We've got mountains out there. I'm sitting there thinking, like, do they even understand what he's talking about? Moses going up the mountain? <laughs> uh, it's a blessing to be here. I really mean that. Um, this is so cool. This is really, really cool. <laughs> I don't know if you get it. I think you probably do, but uh, this is a special place, amen? And it has been a special place for a number of years. My wife and I would come over here with our three little babies uh, when Dr. Upman would preach here when we were in school, and it's a special place. It's a special, special kind of uh, meeting, what we're doing here, special purpose, right? Congratulations to all of you graduates, those of you that are going to be getting uh, your diploma of completion. I really mean that. It's a, it's a real big accomplishment for you, and I want to say, well done. Um, it's a special, it's a special uh, meeting because there's a lot of preachers here, and I like the variety, don't you? The Lord is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're out in Portland, Oregon, if you didn't know that. And, um, so I, I, but I've, I've learned to celebrate diversity isn't necessarily a bad thing. Just got to celebrate what God's done, Amen. Yeah, different kind of preachers up here and different kind of people, and God's, God's the one that's behind all that stuff, and so it's a special place. It has a, there's a special purpose here, there's some really special preaching, uh, but I want to say this also to this church, and I don't want to miss this because this church has been a blessing to me over the years when we would come out here. I remember coming here one time, we were so broke coming over. We were in Pensacola Bible Institute, so of course we were broke, right? But we came over here for a meeting, and, and I literally... We didn't tell anybody this, but we didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough money to buy to get gas to get back to Pensacola. But we wanted to be here for this meeting. We wanted to see Dr. Ruckman and just be a part of this church. And they had that barbecue upstairs and everything. And we're kind of hanging around like we should have been going home by then, but we still didn't have money for the gas tank. And we're like, <laughs> so I'm like helping put away chairs and tables. And Lindsay's helping and with the kids. You know, she's got three babies and trying. She's like, are we ready to go? I'm like, we can't go yet. You know. And uh, you already know this, you people. You know you have a special pastor. And um, he was a friend. He has been a friend to me. Many of you. And then he came up and he said, you doing all right? <laughs> no. I said, yeah, yeah, fine. I mean it. You doing all right? <laughs> yeah? You need something? I need gas for my car. <laughs> he stopped the treasurer and went over there, and they took a little note, pulled $100 out of the offering that morning, and gave us $100 to get gas and get some lunch. Uh, you got a special pastor. You know? And um, he's a pastor to pastors. And that, that means something to pastors. So it's a special church, it's a special people that you can allow 
your pastor to be out and be a pastor to so many others. And it, it really is something that you should be thankful for, and I know that you are. We're thankful for it, too. Man, this is just really cool. I told Brother Jared Pilkington, I said, man, yesterday I said, isn't this cool? What are we doing here? How we get in on this, man? This is it's just neat, amen? I'm so glad I got to be here. And um, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and there's, we're not going to have time to get into all this. I've got a thought, something that's been in my mind, my meditation for a while. Did I say 7 or 9? Good. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Look at the verse 7. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 7. For I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper, say with me, gift of God, one after this man and another after that. Look down at verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. The brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, for God hath called us to peace. Now, I understand this is probably not a passage you'd think to go to uh, when it comes to talking about the gifts and the calling of God. Now, you understand 1 Corinthians 7, there's a lot of stuff going on there, uh, necessary things. But I thought it's interesting, um, when, you, when you look at the Bible from the point of view of what it is that God's doing, if you, you're a Bible student, you understand that God is the theme of the Bible, the main theme of the Bible is king and a kingdom, right? It's all about kingdoms, all the way through. But when you, when you look kind of like the sub-theme, what's run along right behind that, you see what God's doing in the big picture but then God has these individuals all throughout the Scripture, and they're just regular people. They're not really, really great, amazing people. They're just regular folks. And what you see is there's a theme that kind of underlies the whole entire Bible, and it's the theme of identity. It's the theme of identity. And if you, if you watch it, it'll show up in places even like this right here. You're talking about a gift and a calling. Do you know the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance? He says that about the nation of Israel, but it's true for us too. You know that God gave gifts unto the church. He gave gifts unto men. Amen. You know that. And you know that God also has a calling for each and every life. Each and every individual life represented in this building and throughout this entire planet, throughout all of history, God, when God made you, when God made those individuals, he made you with purpose, real purpose, something that's significant, something that's meaningful. And the Bible says over in the book of Revelation in chapter 4, and you know the passage, verse 11, where it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, right? And for Thy pleasure they are and were created. So God, when He made man, you go through that thing all the way back to the garden, you go back to Adam, God took man and He formed man out of the dust of the clay, and, and God called heaven, heaven, right? And He called the light day, and He called... And everything, by the way, that God called, if God says it, that's what it is, amen? amen. And he, when He called it, and then He said it, that's what it is, He says, you know what, I like that. He looks back over there at the end of the chapter, in, verse, in chapter 1, and he looked, it says, God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. You know, somebody says this, and I, and I, and I, don't understand, I know the, the sentiment behind it, but somebody will say this, man, I don't know why God saved me. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful because I get it, but, but I know why God saved me. Because God wanted to get me back to what it is that He originally made me for. I couldn't be what God made me for until God could save me. You understand that, right? It's not just, well, I'm saved, now I'm on my way to heaven. No, God had to save your wretched soul 
so that He could put you on the path, put you back into the plan that He had for you when He made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God Almighty. And God's made some amazing things out there. God's made some amazing things out there. But man, there's nothing like man. There's nothing like mankind. What, are, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You know what God says? God says, you're a very, very special part of my creation. In fact, you're so special that God put Adam over the entire thing, and he says, now you go out and start calling it some stuff. And God sat back and said, what is he going to name this thing? And God's just putting out those animals, and he's doing all these things, and Adam's like, that looks like this. And God's like, that's a really good plan. I like that. Let's just call the giraffe from now on. Amen? And everything, God, there's, there's a relationship between God and man that is very, very unique. It's very special. Sometimes we get so caught up in the idea that, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace that we forget the fact that God had a plan and purpose when he made you. You look here in 1 Corinthians 7, and what I want you to see here, just by way of just a quick pointing out, is that you see there in verse 15, at the end of that passage, it says this, but God hath called us to peace. You know why God saved you? is because that's the only way that He could get the glory out of your life that He made you for. He made you for a purpose, Amen. And that purpose, can I tell you this? That purpose is, is your gifts, and it's your calling, and you put those things together, it's your identity. It's who you are. It's what God made you for. God made you for a special purpose, and let me tell you this, the only way that you're ever going to have peace in your life, the only way that you're ever going to have satisfaction and contentment and true happiness and joy and all those things that the world's out there seeking for and all those things that we're in here saying we've got, the only way you're ever going to have it, the only way you're ever going to experience it is if you find what your purpose is and you say, God made me this way and God gave me these gifts and God's called me to something and this is my identity, this is who I am. Let me tell you this right now. You need to discover, you need to discover what your identity is so that you can get dedicated to living that out. He was talking about dedication. That's what we've been hearing about this whole time. And can I just, just let you know a little insider secret? It's a lot easier to be dedicated to something that you love doing. You ever met somebody who just loved what they did? You run into it in the world. I know Brother Adrian, he runs into it out there. People are out there in the business world, and they just have this thing. They have this vision and this goal, and there is nothing, nothing that can throw them off. We're in here trying to encourage ourselves to keep on going, and I get it, man. I really do get it. Well, you know, it's not that hard to keep on going when you're doing what you love. But can I tell you this? You're not ever going to be able to do what you love until you know what it is you're supposed to do from what He created you to be. Amen? If you want to get dedicated, you better find out and discover what it is that God created you for. You ever ask yourself that question? Maybe ask the Lord that question. Lord, why did you make me? What do you have for me, Father? You saved me. You did put my feet on a solid rock. But what is the purpose? You discover what it is that you are, what it is that God created you to be, you'll find that's what brings you peace and satisfaction. You know what, can I just say this before we go to lunch here today? There's some of you, and I might even be talking to a preacher or a pastor. You're not supposed to say these things when you go to a pastor's meeting, I, and I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea or the excuse to get out. 
But can I say it's very, very possible that there's someone here in this room today that is laboring to try to be a preacher and a pastor when God never called you to do that. I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I've got eyes to see, and I can see some things. I've seen some guys in the ministry. I'm talking about people that I know personally right now, and they are laboring, and it's hard, and it's not getting easier, and it hasn't gotten easier every single year that they've been doing it. It's never going to get easier because God never called them to do that. But you know what we get locked into? We get into this idea of self-preservation, self-promotion, where it's like, this is what I am now. I've got this label. I'm pastor. I'm the preacher. i got to hold it. And if I get out now, after I've been talking about going through all these hard things, people are going to say, listen, get in line with what God called you to be, and you'll find that things just kind of slide right into place. I didn't say it won't, it'll, it'll always be easy, but it's amazing. It's ama- you know why your pastor can be a pastor to pastors? Because God made him to be that. And he discovered he wasn't just a policeman. He was a preacher. He was a pastor. You know what it is that God made you for? You're still kicking against the pricks. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. Because I'm a pastor. I'm telling you, I promise you it's the truth. You get into what God called you to be. You discover what it is the Lord has for you. And it'll, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll have peace and satisfaction. It won't matter. You walk into a room like this, into a crowd like this, and it won't matter if you get called to preach. It won't matter if anybody says hello to you. You just come in and be like, man, I'm just glad to be who God made me to be. Amen. I'm just thankful to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen? Hey, listen, when I am says thou art, you is. <laughs> you get to be what God made you to be, and it'll all go really, really good. I promise you. Amen? You discover what it is that God called you to be, and then you get dedicated to that. Look down verse 17. Verse 17. He says, but as God hath distributed to every man, we believe that God's the one who calls, right? He's the one who made us. He's the one who gave us gifts. And he's also the one who calls. So whatever it is that God called you to be, whatever it is that God distributed to you, as the Lord hath called everyone, look at this, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. You see, there's the dedication part. Jesus Christ said about John, his cousin, earthly terms, he says, there's never been a greater prophet than that guy John. John the Baptist had, what, a six-month ministry? If I did my math right? Six months he's on this earth, and Jesus Christ says, there's never been a greater prophet born among women than old cousin John. You say, what happened? Well, did you ever read over there where they came to John? They said, who art thou? Are you the Christ? I mean, it's been a long time since we ever heard anybody preaching like this. We never heard these kind of things coming out of the wilderness. Here you show up. You're looking a lot like Elijah. Art thou that prophet? You know what John says? I'm not. I'm not him. I was reading through that thing a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, doing a Bible study with an old folks, a group of old folks, retirement home. Can't say old folks now. And I was just reading through that, and it just struck me. Man, this guy knew who he was. He knew who he was. He knew who he wasn't. Amen? Some of you haven't figured that out yet. You're not a preacher. Amen? And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to not be the preacher man. 
might be a big blessing to you and your other people listening to you. <laughs> Listen, John, John says, I'm not, the, I'm not that prophet. I'm not the Christ. Who art thou then? I'm just, here, here's what I am. John says, I figured it out. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That's all I've got to do. I'm just going to walk in this path. And he walked all the way up into a jail cell and walked all the way to his head on a silver platter, but he discovered his identity and he dedicated himself to that and he walked in that and he lived that and it was genuine, it was authentic, and boy, it made an impact, didn't it? And it rolled out the red carpet for the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus says, you boys never seen a prophet like John. Why? Because he knew who he was. And he dedicated himself to it. That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? It's going to be a lot harder to be dedicated to all this stuff we're talking about if you don't love what you're doing. And it's really hard to love what you're doing when you're doing something you were never designed or intended or made to do. Find out what God made you to do. So how do I do that? It's the will of God thing again. Listen, you think God's trying to hide his will from you? Come on, who, what kind of God are we talking about? He doesn't make it hard. He loves you. He said, how do I know he loves me? Because he died for you. Say, why did he die for me? Because he wanted to have you redeemed unto himself. He wanted to be reconciled to you. And he knew that he had to come and pay the price for that. So he gave himself, this is all to get back to what he made you for. You know, if you find yourself doing what God made you to do, it's easy to get dedicated to that. And then look at the same passage down there in verse 20. He says this. You need to discover it. You need to dedicate yourself to it. And you need to dwell in this thing. You need to dwell in it. Look at verse 20. Let every man abide, abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Verse 24. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called, therein abide with God. I love Jesus. I love him. And I love the fact that when he made me, when he fashioned me in my mother's womb, it was not by accident. It was not like, well, this is just make another one. Amen? Listen, he gave me a soul. He's, all the way back to the very beginning, he says, let us make man in our image. This is the great God, the great I am. He made me. And yeah, I fell out of that original status, and Adam did too, and so did every single one of us, but God made a way to get us back into that place. And yes, this flesh is going to keep on rotting and going down until it gets out and completely gone, and he's going to call it up again. He's going to put it back together. But he says this, in the meanwhile, you dedicate yourself to it, and then just dwell in that. Just be content in Jesus Christ. Just be content in being called a son of God. Amen? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God? What? I'm a son of God, man. What are you going to do to throw me off? What's the devil going to do? Hey, what, what is going to out there, that, uh, what, what kind of thing in life or death or uh, all those things that Paul talks about can, can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I'm a saved son of God. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to just find, and by the way, that discovery process, can I just tell you this? It's an ongoing thing. 
You can just keep on finding a little bit more, and God shows you a little bit more. And you just, just, you just dedicate yourself to that, and you walk therein, and then you just abide in that. You dwell in that. And you be content in knowing that you have a great Heavenly Father that loved you, gave Himself for you. He created you with a purpose, and He has something for you to do that's amazing. It's beautiful. It'll bring peace to your heart. It'll bring pleasure to your Maker. Dedication is a lot easier when you're doing what you love. It's hard to do what you love when you don't even know what it is you're supposed to do. But you find out what it is that God made you to do. You dedicate yourself to that. You dwell therein. This thing will be a lot easier. You might even get some people to say, hey, I want some of that. Amen? I like that. Yeah, we're, we're, can you tell me more? Be happy to. Just here to tell, Jesus, tell people about Jesus. Amen? And if you're saved, and I know that you are, and you're here this morning, and you're loving Jesus, and I know that, but listen, sometimes we're like, we've got to stay dedicated. We've got to stay, oh, we've got to stay dedicated. Listen, discover the identity that God has for you. It's going to be a combination of your gifts and your calling. And it may not have anything to do with being in the ministry. It might just have to do with being a faithful father, a loving mother. Amen? A good employee. Someone that is there to unlock the doors and sweep up and all the things that make this possible. And God says, I'm pleased with that when you do that. Why? Because that's what I made you to do. That's who I made you to be. That's who you are. It'll be good. It'll be real good.